1: And thank you everyone for joining us for another edition of Blunt Business presented by Strain Wise Consulting. This week, we're going to speak with a top-level cannabis executive. Kind of play the format around a little bit. We're going to shake it up a little bit. We're going to talk about the forecast for the cannabis industry in 2019, according to this top-level executive, who's a chief strategy officer of Trait Bioscience. We're going to ask him all about it. He's Ronan Levy. Ronan, thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business.
2: My pleasure to be here.
1: So... We get this information, and you put out basically five different things that were being prognosticated or being forecast, if you will, that you feel like were going to be significant with the cannabis industry. Now, let's go ahead and start with this. Give a full kind of context. And now, what we want to do is uh, we'll just want to take a few things here in this first segment just to kind of put, kind of put a little wrap around things, and then give you some time to give you the platform to lay out what those prognostications are and give you the chance to give a little more context to that. So that'll be after the first break, but we'll get to that. First, you have proclaimed that cannabis-related stocks, regulations, and new applications are set to dominate conversations across North America and around the world. First of all, take me through the research and the forethought that led you to get us to where you what you forecasted.
2: Sure. So um, I've been in the industry for about five years now, which makes me somewhat senior uh, and experienced in some respects. And for other people, it makes me a junior, but I think I've seen uh, a lot of things emerge in the industry and I've looked at it from all sides, having been on the medical side, on the production side, and now from the biotechnical side. And You know the the industry changes faster than anyone can imagine. Uh, I don't think anyone expected the evolution to happen as quickly as it has, and I think that's just going to continue in in 2019. And I think the. The biggest driving factor uh based in Canada, you know we've been working with a federally legal system since two thousand and one by and large, but the u s has been uh, on a state level very quick to adopt it, but on a federal level uh, very slow to adopt it and I think you're going to see the moves from a federal level in the u s as well as state level changes from a regulatory perspective, new products, new industries, new capital it's just going to accelerate the conversation around cannabis, and I think you're going to see technological change new products um anything along those lines really starts to amp up and and as you know the u.s goes the world tends to go with it uh so watching things happen I, I, you're going to see uh, i think a global shift continuing to accelerate uh, with respect to cannabis and, and medical cannabis as well
1: now real quickly in terms of where you see these changes being made we saw what canada did this past year we know there's been uh, as, as we're being learning about the president ele- the new president of Mexico is talking about also trying to make a full legalization throughout the country of Mexico and the US now we know the foreign bill has passed we'll talk about that in a little bit but we're seeing things being changed legislation now is being much more favorable to the cannabis industry changes at the very top of the White House in terms of the Attorney General being made changed as well those kind of things th- would that be a positive outlook would you think that How much does that take into account what you are forecasting?
2: Well, I think it takes uh, my forecasts take that into account um, at least with respect to uh, it being a a headline conversation around the world. I think all the changes you're seeing in the U.S. and Mexico as well, just the sheer population bases of those uh, countries, are going to have a global impact and, and keep this conversation top level on everyone's lips. Everyone's going to be talking about it. I think you're going to see significant moves uh, in the stock market as well. Uh, Sitting in Canada, there was a period earlier in 2018 when the stock market was going crazy where just about every social media feed I saw was people talking about their cannabis stocks or or their cryptocurrency stocks admittedly uh, at that time. But I think you're going to see another a significant charge from a stock market perspective and i think that's going to bring the conversation from what was possibly a fringe conversation to the mainstream and and, and around the the corporate boardroom tables around the dinner tables all that kind of stuff now, With that i noticed being a more part said, of the i think
1: it, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead I was just, I was sorry, I was just with that being
2: said I think the the, the prognostications I have here the, the trends I'm predicting for 2019 I think they're happening anyway even if the US changes course and slows down uh, or reverses course um, I don't think the, the Pandora's box has been opened this is the direction it's it's just a question of when uh, jurisdictions and countries get on board but I don't think you're going to stop the technical innovation I don't think you're going to ch- stop the the change in global attitudes towards cannabis and I think all of the trends we're talking about are just picking up on, on those things that are already occurring. So even if things change from a, a regulatory perspective in the U.S., it, it may slow down the emergence of some of these trends, but I don't think it stops them at all.
1: I understand where you're coming from on the regulation end, but I wanted to get back a little bit to the financial end and the stocks. Because of the volatility sure. that we saw in Canada, You know, but the thing was, things did come back and kind of regulate itself, and things did kind of smooth out, if you will and a lot of money was being exchanged around on top of that. In America, I mean, do you feel like, well, there's uh, two questions I wanna ask about that one. Number one is how you feel about how the, if there's gonna be a, a continued volatility, and at least it will not be as volatile as say, Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, which went, which went through some extreme ups and downs this year. Do you see where it's gonna just kind of balance itself out next year as well?
2: Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think you're going to see a lot of volatility continue because I think a lot of the momentum in the stocks are, are driven by emotion and anticipation of a, an emerging industry. I think you're going to see a lot of capital flowing into the industry from more established financial institutions as they get more comfortable with it and as uh, more regulatory environments emerge so they feel comfortable investing in. So I think you're going to see a genuine, genuine upward momentum. As more capital comes in, it becomes more mainstream. But there's going to be volatility because none of the cannabis companies that uh, exist, whether the big Canadian companies like Aurora or Canopy, or, or the big U.S. companies that are now listing on the Canadian stock exchange like MedMen and Acreage Holdings, Um, none of them have the fundamentals to justify the valuation. So, it is all momentum, it is all emotionally driven, and so when there are turns or people get spooked, you see greater volatility, but I, I don't think that changes the underlying Sentiment, which is cannabis, is going to be a massive global industry that's going to have reach into the alcohol industry. It's going to have reach into the pharmaceuticals industry, and it's got its own industry in and of itself. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry, just as cannabis as a as a recreational product. Not even starting to delve in into those alternative industries, but when you add up all of those considerations, you see just how big cannabis is going to be. It's just a question of time. Uh, but the volatility, because you need that time to establish the fundamentals. You're going to have volatility, but I think you'll see a general, genuine, uh, upward swing uh, in the prices of all the big cannabis companies in Canada and the U.S.
1: Now, is the research concentrated just for North America, or is this a global forecast?
2: Uh, in terms of the prognostications yes. I, I've mentioned, or you, yes. you mean? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a global forecast. I, I think this is the way the industry emerges without question. I think there's certain global trends that you can predict, certain human sociological trends that are pretty consistent around the world. So I expect you'll see this everywhere. Now, obviously, some countries that are just starting to dip their pinky toe into the cannabis industry are going to be a little bit slower, um, and other ones who are more advanced are going to be a little bit faster. But I, I don't see any um, any place in the in the world not working towards these trends on some level
1: okay now uh one other thing is is there anything you could tell us at all in terms of what you did internally or the kind of manpower the team the resources that were used in order for you to come up with what you came up with in this forecasting
2: Uh, So these forecasts were built on really my expectations and my experience. Like I said, I I started in the industry a number of years ago, working on the medical side of things, working with patients, working with doctors uh, who were very, very uh, closely attuned to the scientific and medical applications of cannabis. Um, That eventually emerged to working with uh, Aurora Cannabis, which is one of the largest producers of cannabis, at least by market capitalization in the world, uh, where I saw all facets of the industry and, and now working with trade biosciences, where it's focused on more of the technical and engineering side of things. Um, so this experience is just, the, it's the culmination of those those years of experience and actively looking at different opportunities in the space. Not only am I, am I an entrepreneur, but I'm also an investor uh, and uh, I've, had the opportunity to look at thousands of companies uh, in the industry and and just you know knowing a little bit of history and economic history uh, these these are the way things typically have emerged and i think you'll see uh, some patterns repeating i don't think they're necessarily novel to cannabis per se but they're novel to cannabis being right here right now
1: we're here with Ronan levy the chief Tra- strategic officer of trait bioscience and again like i said when we come back again it's like we know your typical question and answer kind of period I want to go one by one by each prognostication, the five that we have listed uh, that have been provided, and we'll give you the four to take a little time to elaborate. We're going to do that, so please stick around here for more Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
2: Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter.
0: approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation.
3: Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo returns back to downtown Miami, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency. Learn more on sponsorship and expo floor opportunities at usccexpo.com. Don't miss out on another jam-packed weekend of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a bustling expo hall, plus our can't-miss networking mega-yacht event. Join us in Miami, August 2nd and 3rd, for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Don't miss the boat. Log on to usccexpo.com and learn more today.
0: I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back,
1: everyone. I'm here with Rona Levy with Trait Bioscience. We're talking about his forecast he has put together for the cannabis industry in the year 2019. So now let's start off with... The U.S. Farm Bill, it is now passed. And if I'm correct, I mean, it's just a matter of a signature by the president to finalize everything, but it's been passed through the Senate and the House. Entrepreneurs will find different ways to exploit the excitement around federally legal production and sales of CBD in America, you said. But you also say, will customers grow weary now of now with CBD as the marketing pitch, and will true brands start to emerge? Mm-hmm. Tell me what you're saying about that
2: yeah absolutely so uh you know I, I think the the passage of the hemp uh, the farm bill and, and the legalization of the production of hemp is, is a huge achievement for the u.s and i think it's going to be one of the pivotal factors looking back in, you know, from 20 years in the future to say, wow, everything changed on, on the day that that bill got passed. But notwithstanding that, I think it's going to further entrench and accelerate the growth of the hemp industry in the U.S., both in terms of production, but also in terms of product development. Uh, I think you're already starting to see a little bit of saturation of the remarkable nature of CBD. Human nature right now, particularly with the Velocity by which um, news and trends travel uh, can often lead to people getting overwhelmed with that information. We've seen it, you know, in terms of all the different promises of nutraceuticals, fish oils, all that kind of stuff. And I think there's a risk that CBD starts to become that. You, you know, in the in the U. S. Any any state that has legal, uh, medical, or recreational cannabis. There's so, so many products uh, that are positioning themselves as being interesting or worth trying because they now contain CBD. Uh, and there's without doubt that there's a lot of therapeutic benefit that, that exists within CBD. But I think it's becoming overwhelming. Uh, and so I think you're going to see the the pitch of an infused product, now infused with CBD, or now infused with THC, become a a, a differentiator differentiator that doesn't differentiate a product. And so when I say when you see brands start to emerge it's kind of like when you look at the Biggest products, like whether it's in the alcohol industry, it's like it would almost be like Budweiser saying our beer now with alcohol. It kind of doesn't make sense. Right. The experience with Budweiser and beer is that there's a taste associated with it, there's an environment associated with it, there's a recreational and social purpose associated with it. And the fact that it contains alcohol is almost the table stakes. It's just a given. And so I think you're going to start to see that with CBD and THC. These products are going to no longer just be about the fact that they contain a connection but they're going to be about the experience, the taste, the flavor, the environment and all of those kind of things. And and so that's where you start to see the brands emerge, which is when you can find a company that delivers a product that you enjoy. That's consistent, that provides a social environment, or it can be consumed in a social environment that's repeatable and and welcomed everywhere, Uh, those are the products that are going to dominate not just something now with CBD or something now infused with THC. In in other
1: words, you want brands to become synonymous with the with the fact that it already has CBD or THC in it, my question is: Would I agree with you on this point? But one thing I also think would be very important is the price point. Has, the price point altogether, with a mass amount of product that's out there, has not gone down yet.
2: Right. Yeah, and and I expect you're going to, I, you know, I, I actually expect prices are are going to go up or stay steady, uh, and that's just from a pure economic consideration, which right. is. The price of inputs are coming down, and there's no doubt about that. The price of uh, an, an ounce of cannabis or a pound of cannabis has been steadily declining over the last year or two, uh, and that's because at the end of the day, it's, it's a crop, and, and I think it's going to trend towards a sort of uh, a, a static level where farmers can make a little bit of profit, but the, the real uh, profits to be made in the industry are going to be higher value products, uh, novel products, different techniques technology, different brands and all that kind of stuff. So even though the cost of input is going down, I think the different processing, the different applications that are going to be developed, are going to start to justify higher prices. Particularly, um, and we can touch on this in another one of my prognostications. Of but particularly as customers start demanding more from these products, so it's not just about does it get you high. It's also, like I said, about the experience and the emotion and, and the brand and all that kind of stuff. But it also comes down to, you know, basic safety, which is. Uh, uh, let, let me go and stop me right there. Anyway. I want
1: to. I want to talk exactly about the sure. safety part because. You know, if, through some of the shows I got to go to this year, NCIA, the uh, C- the um, Cannabis Business Summit, or the event that our, my, my company hosts here, the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, we've gotten a lot of companies that have come across that are doing ama- yeoman's work when it comes to safety and when it comes to real organic uh, processing and creating of the technology. So you mentioned in your next prognostic- prognostication about safety above all, as consumers start to become more savvy about cannabis and cannabis, as you said being more discerning about issues like mold, pesticides, risky thermal technology, uncertain dose levels, unpleasant oil-water separation. So you're talking about how safety, purity, and reliability, reliability will dominate conversations, new processes, technologies will begin rolling out to satisfy requirements. And I can tell you, there's a lot of companies out there with either through, you know, testing for mold through radio frequency or going through and using DNA testing to kind of go through and, and properly you know, finding the purity and the most pure of the plant and the flower to make it uh, what's going to be processed to whatever it's going to be. There are companies that are doing that kind of work for that, but you're saying that the consumers are going to be much more, uh, they're, they're going to be more advised about it. They're going to be more aware of it.
2: Absolutely, and I think that's a global trend across anything that people are adjusting. I think people are becoming more aware of the importance of, pure products of avoiding chemical pesticides if you don't need to consume it all all that kind of stuff I I mean uh, you know in in California in cannabis there was that study that came out that said a significant portion have mold and pesticides um, in in the edibles are being found above safe safe and uh, acceptable levels but you also see it you know there's the um, with respect to glyphosate uh, or roundup you know there's a the large class action lawsuit that's moving forward against Monsanto because yeah. there's concerns that that particular pesticide is going is causing cancer amongst people and I think people are just going to become more attuned to those uh, those questions and, and those issues of I don't want to be putting anything inside me that shouldn't be put inside me uh, and that comes to mold which is something we're exposed to as well but the health risks associated with it are becoming more prevalent uh, pesticides all those kinds kind of things, and it's actually one of the biggest driving factors of why I got involved with treat biosciences is because the technologies we are developing uh, are really tackling those issues, helping uh, producers get their yields up without the need for chemical pesticides, enabling people to extract cannabinoids from plants uh, that are naturally water-soluble, so you don't have to use butane or other chemicals uh, associated with the extraction. And I think, uh, again, that's going to become the table stakes that people are going to expect by by de facto this is the truth that there's no mold, there's no pesticides. I'm not exposing myself to any harm. And I think that's because part of what cannabis stands for is you know, an empowerment of a natural health alternative that a person gets to control a lot more directly than normal pharmaceuticals. But I also think that's just a natural trend in, in humanity. of uh, We've done a good job of poisoning ourselves and poisoning our planet over the last, call it 100 years or so, since the Industrial Revolution. I think that's going to shift. Uh, more and more towards natural purity safety avoidance of any harsh chemicals or anything along those lines so I think that's going to be a, a big driver in the cannabis industry especially because right now in most jurisdictions you just can't be sure uh, that your, your product contains even in Canada where it's Super strictly regulated. Uh, there's been a couple of instances where producers were found to be using uh on their products, which, when uh, it burns or, or vaporized, uh, releases hydrogen sulfide, which you don't want to be ingested into your body, obviously. Uh, and the issues in California as well with mold and, and, and pesticides in the products. So, but we want to at least say that
1: most of those point. are there. There are a lot of isolated cases in that respect. But you're absolutely correct to point those out. But what I think would be more important to point out is that. The mainstream media or, or just those in, in the public eye, public opinion needs to be swayed around. And people need to realize the safety that's being, the quality controls being done right now within the companies that are being made that this is not just the, the weed that was being sold on the street this morning. They, they need to get, get their minds off the idea of black market and just realize this is really well organized, processed, and purified processing of all that's being done here and most of the I mean more a a great majority of the companies are doing the right thing and the states and the governments that are around these uh, whether it's in Canada or whatnot they're doing the right thing by it as well this is being well regulated and well handled
2: Absolutely. By and large, most people are doing the right thing. But I think naturally, you know, you're going to find some bad actors who cut corners. And I think you're going to find some good actors who have to make hard decisions for their business at the end of the day, because the truth is, is cannabis, um, you know especially particularly in indoor grows uh, has never been grown on on a mass industrial controlled scale I think everybody's still learning how to do that properly Uh, and there's going to be hiccups and there's going to be challenges and 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 people are going to need to respond and adapt and I think it gets smoothed out even more as, as The industry, even though I don't like to use the the expression, becomes more corporatized and there's more process, and you have more professional managers and higher standards. You know, in Canada, you see a lot of uh, companies uh, seeking GMP compliance certification to say that they're. Their products are produced in accordance with good manufacturing practices, good laboratory practices, good agricultural production practices. Um, but but it's not it's it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that on a profitable basis because the standards are very high. And, and speaking to our earlier point of prices coming down, I think that's one of the factors that's going to stabilize prices. Is that there's going to be more required input to achieve a quality of product that's safe and and predictable and pure um, because of, you know, these licensing
1: requirements, certification requirements. Very logical there. Now, this is an important prognostication we're going to go to next. This is what scares me. Too. And I will just say before we move along that I think if I had to put a five-year forecast on things, that corporatization right there, that fear of corporatization, I think that's going to be reality. It's just a matter of time. And right now, it leads to our next prognostication that you've made. This is the fourth one. be this is the third one of five. Big cannabis will turn its sights on Big Pharma. And to get in the bed with Big Pharma scares the crap out of me because they see what's going on in the stock market. And you make the point that, you know more research is emerging and obviously we're seeing the studies we're seeing the test trials that there are many different applications of cbd and cannabinoids that drug companies are going to start seeing you know what we can use this because this is a safe natural effective way for therapeutic to use cannabis for cancer pain management, diabetes, and another of ailments we've talked about at that extensively. Ad nauseam here on Cannabis Radio, we've talked to numerous patients, numerous healthcare professionals and caretakers. We see the light. We need more people to see the light. That's more important to me than anything when it comes to getting the word out there. We have that better exposure in the media and, and PR wise. But now, talk to me about that. I mean, what are you seeing right now in terms of which uh which companies are looking to get in? Obviously, we already seen this year the first FDA-approved CBD uh, medication, so they always want to get into it, but then again, aren't there, aren't there going to be lobbyists and those that are going to be afraid to say, you know what, we don't want them they're, they're to find some way of curing cancer or finding certain ailments that we don't want to be cured because the money that Big Pharma is going to get for it, or the hospitals for that matter?
2: Yeah, and, you know, I think the conspiracy theory uh, about Big Pharma, um, you know, I think some of it's legitimate and I think some of it's not legitimate. I think what you're going to find and, and, and the challenges that I think need to be balanced here is on the one hand, I think people appreciate the 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 natural safe alternative that cannabis provides for so many therapeutic applications. Um, and you know, the, the fear of big pharma, although I know people who work in big pharma and I don't think they, they, they are very interested in advancing humanity's causes, not just their own. So there's a lot of good people at the end of the day. Uh, so I think some of the fears associated with that are, you know, legitimate in some ways, but the truth is, is that all of the excitement around cannabis, it, it risks, um, kind of burning out for for lack of a better term because i think for the majority of the population they still think with an evidence-based rational approach which is i want to see science that supports the statements that you know cbn cannabinol can help me with my sleep or i want to see the science that says you know cbg or or cbc cannabichromine can help with cancer it's like i believe it. i want to believe but at the end of the day my rational mind is going to be when i god forbid get diagnosed with cancer and i have to go to my, talk to my doctor and it gives me um say you know uh, um uh, chemotherapy that's been shown to be x percent effective or the alternative if it has to be done either or is uh, a a, a cannabinoid that has some little bit of evidence but mostly anecdotal you know at the end of the day i'm a rational person and i'll probably choose the one with the better odds but if someone can come to me and sh- you know invest the time and establish that cbc is actually a very effective cancer agent and, and provide with the provide me with the clinical double blind placebo studies that actually confirm that that's what's going to elevate cannabis i think to the next level um, and so from an industry perspective you've seen companies like molson Coors and and Canopy uh, Constellation make big, big investments in the Canadian producer production companies, the Canadian licensed producers. And I think you're going to start to see Big Pharma do the same thing because these products I think the cannabinoids and and other products that can be derived from cannabis, I think they are going to be shown to be very effective at treating any number of things from depression to pain, uh, you know, so many like benzodiazepines, ibuprofens, all of these products that are everyday products that we all carry in in our medical covers. Or cabinets, it's like those are probably going to be displaced with cannabinoids. uh, And I don't think pharma is going to sit back and, and let that happen. And I don't, I think this boat has sailed in terms of trying to prohibit uh, the existence of cannabis that's long gone past so they're going to look for alternatives and I think their alternatives are going to be invest heavily in the research around cannabis, cannabis production and the therapeutic applications and so you'll see big companies like um, Pfizer and and Bayer and all those kind of companies start looking very closely at the cannabis industry and and make an investment uh, pretty soon. I expect you'll see one in 2019 but it may take a little bit longer
1: than that. And I appreciate your honor for being optimistic about this. Cause for me, uh, for, for me uh, looking uh, f- from the industry for the last few years that I have, I, I can't help, but have a little bit of obviously cynicism, because I just do, and it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of skepticism on the side, just because it is somebody that the, the money is right there, and obviously there are those that are going to be definitely are supportive here and will do the right thing, but it is something that scares me. Now, the other thing you may mention, which I just want to, you kind of briefly already talked about, but we'll go ahead and just make mention. You also mentioned about the other major, minor, or lesser-known cannabinoids such as CBN, CBC, and CBG that scientific uh, scientists and more commercial interests will start looking to the utility and production of those uh cannabinoids in the future we'll go ahead and keep it right there as that now that's where we're at i guess so um is there anything i guess you could say in terms of uh, really for me like i said my my one thing i want to see here somebody forecasting about it, is is really court of public opinion and perception of the industry mm-hmm. and of the product i want to see is there anything being done or do you think there can be anything that can be swayed where we might get a few people to actually be much more proponents? You know, we're not getting as much help with a celebrity wing or with those that are there, but we need some legitimate endorsements. We need some legitimate backing and says, you know what? People need to quit thinking that this is a, uh, the, the reefer madness thing, the, the, the legendary stereotype. We need to be on the, on the other side of the Hill now and looking at the seriousness and legitimizing this industry to everyone.
2: Yeah. and I think, I think that's going to happen. I think that's just a matter of time. I, I like to say that that government in at least North America, let's say have been very effective in sort of three public health initiatives over the last, call it 50 years one is getting people to buckle up when they drive one is convincing people to stop smoking cigarettes and I think the third one is that they did a pretty good job establishing a healthy fear of of psychoactive drugs and and into the population and uh, you know even me I find myself getting caught up in stereotypes associated with cannabis uh, from time to time and I know better and I and I see tons of you know high functioning people who rely on cannabis either to manage anxiety to stimulate creativity to manage pain whatever it is uh, and but it's still there, there's still that specter in the back of my mind but that's going to change I mean even my attitudes have changed from say seven or eight years ago and it's really a function of of um Education, which is when I got into the industry, I, I thought it was just a great economic opportunity as an entrepreneur. Uh, with time, I, my, my belief in cannabis as, a, as an application across many different things has, has grown substantially where I'm a strong advocate for it, you know, from a, a public health perspective. If we can just reduce the consumption of alcohol in our society by 10 to 20 percent and if people need to replace that with some sort of other advice just for recreational purposes and if they can move that to, to cannabis the public health benefits are going to be mind-blowing across our society uh and it took me a while to even contemplate that as something as a realistic consideration but with education with understanding with with working with people within the industry, whether physicians, whether producers, I've come to accept that there's a massive opportunity here just to, just to do that. And so, you know, the, the other piece of the equation is that as the products go from being, a, a you know, a joint that smells and, and is a form of smoking, even though it's generally considered as much healthier than smoking a cigarette, as that goes from from forms of consumption that are much more discreet, much more social, and people see that you can have a cannabis beverage or a cannabis edible uh, in a public forum, for instance, just about anywhere in Canada. Obviously, you can't smoke, but it, it's becoming accessible just about any place. Um, you're going to see people having experiences where it's not the in-the-couch Dorito stoner experience, right. with people having lively, energized experience, just like they were drinking alcohol, but not subjecting themselves to all of the harm harmful effects of alcohol so it's it's just a matter of time I don't think you need a massive endorsement but uh, you're getting like those small endorsements that's one of the biggest ones I think even though people probably within the industry scoff at it is when uh, John Boehner joined the, the board of directors of right. acreage Holdings. that is like the exact you know institutional elite that is probably despised by the cannabis industry and probably for a long time converse as well uh, that would despise the cannabis industry and it was like that's a great that's a great
1: um gap to bridge um, well, that's a, well also uh, the with, with step the, into the industry. The former speaker of the house that's a guy that's going to be it's going to take a while for him to the uphill climb for him to kind of win the favor of everybody in the cannabis industry if he can make that happen but we'll, we'll we're going to give it time anyway so let me do this we got a few Absolutely. minutes left here with ron levy St- chief strategic officer of trait bioscience uh you were mentioning edibles and there was something that was uh being discovered by your team we got to talk about that after this break stay tuned everybody
3: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and, I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, Channel. You know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
1: Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches. Premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease.
3: Learn more at usccexpo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with
0: Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
1: So we've been talking about this week on Blunt Business about the cannabis industry in 2019 and a forecast that was being presented here by with our guest, Rona Levy, the Chief Strategic Officer of Trait Bioscience. And we're going to wrap things up here with Trait with uh, Ron, excuse me, from Trait. So, Ronan, you were interviewed by Vice Magazine back in October, and you told Vice that there are some major concerns about edibles, particularly as they pertain to drinks, mainly regarding the length of time it takes for the edibles to kick in. Now, Trade Biosciences has discovered a way to make cannabinoids water-soluble, and you believe it will dramatically shift the industry. Talk to me about this new discovery then.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's actually one of the things that attracted me to treat. Um, when I was uh, with Aurora uh, Cannabis, we looked at all sorts of opportunities for uh, edibles and beverages, and, and Trait always stood out because technology was, was so novel. And, and what makes it so novel is it gets around some of the big limitations around making cannabis beverages, in particular, but any edibles. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a personal believer that beverages are probably going to be the dominant form of cannabis consumption in the future because it's a, a habit that people already understand. It's a practice, it's a ceremony to go to a bar, to hang out with friends, uh, and it's a it's an experience that can last an evening where you have a, a couple of glasses of wine or a couple of beers. But right now, uh, cannabis beverages are, are not, they don't, they don't compete with alcohol in terms of their quality. They, they typically taste bad right now, uh, which is a big challenge and, and the other challenge is that there's a very delayed onset time and then this has to do with the fat soluble nature of cannabinoids when you consume them as an edible they essentially have to travel all the way to your large intestine before they're going to be metabolized and deliver uh, that psychoactive effect if you're looking to have to to have a buzz or a therapeutic effect if you're looking for some sort of medical benefit Uh, and it's a big challenge and so it leads to unpredictable uh, experiences it leads to people often like having too much and then having a terrible experience because they get very, very high. Uh, and so with water-soluble cannabinoids, the process that Treat has developed, we take those fat-soluble cannabinoids and through a process very similar to fermentation, actually, so how you make alcohol, uh, we can convert those uh, fat-soluble cannabinoids into water-soluble cannabinoids. And, and this has numerous advantages. One is it's never going to separate, like putting oil into water. Most cannabinoids are cannabis drinks. you got to shake it up now, or they come with crystals and all that kind of stuff. And it's just not a great experience secondly because it's water soluble uh, there's evidence to show that it will be absorbed in your digestive tract much earlier so it'll have an onset uh, an experience similar to alcohol not similar to eating you know a cannabis brownie so you can have a much more predictable experience so if you want to go have a couple of cannabis drinks you know you're going to have the same experience as if you were to have a couple of beers so you don't have that unpredictable experience uh, and the other advantage is it's actually we we use a natural process so The way we make uh, cannabinoids water soluble is we essentially just have yeast attach a sugar molecule to it, which is what your body does naturally Uh, when you consume an edible, what your body would do is attach a sugar molecule to the cannabinoid as part of the digestive process. So ultimately, your body can excrete the the cannabinoid that you consume. So we know it's a a safe process. It's a natural process. uh, And it avoids the need for nanotechnologies. And and you see a lot of companies trying to use nanotech, uh, which is attaching a a nanoparticle to the cannabinoid to try and make it water-soluble. It doesn't actually make it water-soluble. It's actually water-compatible. But uh, the big problem with nanotechnologies is it's just like, you know, if there's concerns around big pharma and all the medications we're exposed to through uh, the larger pharmaceutical companies, the same issue arises with um nanotechnology for cannabinoids which is we really don't know what it does to the body. With such small particles it can get into your brain, it can get into the organ. Uh, Because we don't know how your body processes cannabinoids when they're attached to uh, nanoparticles it could lead to varying different experiences. So, not to suggest it's it's poison or anything along those lines, but there's a lot of safety concerns around nanotechnology. Um, But nanotechnology works to avoid the separation issue when you're trying to mix cannabinoids and, and beverages. So it has functional utility, but the health risks around it are, are very high uh, in our estimation. And that's why we like our, our water-soluble process. And we think it's going to be a big game-changer because it's going to make for you know great quality drinks that deliver a predictable onset that don't have any of the negative associations with the alternatives that people are, are using right now.
1: You know, it's quite interesting that you mentioned uh, about, the, the, about the water, because one thing I'll, we talked about previously on an episode here was about performance-enhancing drinks, and we had somebody, without going into detail, that offered a CBD plus energy drink mix. The one thing that we talked about on that episode was about how there would be a real push for, push for mass production and mass uh, seeking out of the product if you would see more athlete, athletes or more uh, organizations you know big sports organizations that would buy in and say you know instead of having the orange or purple drinks that are out there and having something that would be cbd-based if that would help to really kind of replenish and re-energize to help you know, in terms of performance on the on the field or on the court i'm wondering if that's something that you see down the line where other organizations are finally doing something with that that they see it as a natural alternative to nsids or, or opioids or Anything that may be um, offered for anti-inflammatory help, things like that. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, listen, I listen. I think that's something that's going to happen uh, with time, but. You know, it's just one of my earlier points. I think there needs to be some investment to confirm a lot of the statements that are made around the the benefits of CBD. I don't I don't think there's much doubt. I don't think people are too skeptical about it. But I think, especially when you're talking with athletes and, and other high performing individuals whose livelihood is contingent on continuing to perform at high levels, they're going to be rightly suspect uh, about ingesting things that make bold claims that don't have the evidence to support it. So I think as you get more professional people into the industry, as more research moves forward with CBD and the benefits and applications, I, I think you'll you'll quickly see those products being uh, embraced by by the vast majority of athletes and other high-performing individuals. But it, it's just a matter of time. And I think You know, even though cannabis is a a great natural alternative, I think people have become somewhat skeptical of bold claims made about various products and how they can improve your health. So I think people are going to want to see a little bit more evidence before you see that uniformly adopted. But there are more than enough uh, athletes already starting to speak the praises uh, of CBD and THC in terms of managing pain relief or dealing with some of the the traumas associated with high impact sports like football. So. I, I, th- I think that moves forward. Uh, I think that continues to gain traction. And then as, as science catches up, I think it's going to create a, uh, a, a wave of support that's going to be almost unstoppable, as long as the science actually backs up what we all know to be true. Um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's just a matter of time.
1: Excellent really good to hear about that it's just like i said but again so much there's still so much room to grow within the industry as we look overall with the forecast and just see you know we're going to see a lot of uh, major changes obviously we're in such a pioneering time i guess you could say almost it's not so much wild west it is just it's it's a real flux and real transition period and a very quick evolutionizing of the whole industry in general and who's being brought in the kind of people that are coming in and the kind of uh, the kind of things that are being created the the discoveries and the real breakthroughs that are being happening right now when it comes to patients when it comes to products when it comes to everything so there's a good outlook to it and i really do appreciate you going through all that now is there any place where anybody can really see what we've been talking about and something a little more of a reference i guess or if there's anything i guess in terms of the edible product that you just talked about the the, the water soluble uh, product all that right there where can we learn all about that and more
2: Sure, the best place to find out more about us is to visit our website which is traitbio.com. T-R-A-I-T-B-I-O.com. Uh, we're still in the R&D and development phase. We're focused on making sure that the products we're developing are going to be safe uh, for anybody who consumes them. So we're clinically currently going through clinical trials uh, to ensure the, the safety and efficacy of our products as well as to back up the statements. Uh, that we believe um, with onset, especially about our water-soluble cannabinoids. So we're in that phase, Uh, we're often in the news, people like to talk about us, so if you just Google trait biosciences, you can find us there and you can start to expect to see our products making it to the market sometime, probably in late 2019 or early 2020, uh, as we can complete our research and, and start to scale up production.
1: Sounds great. Well, again, so traitbio.com for everybody that wants to learn more about trait bioscience. Again, we've been talking with Ronan Levy, the Chief Strategic Officer of Trait Bioscience. Ronan, thank you again for taking time for us. I, I hopefully I don't want to be, you know, wanted to go and confront what you were talking about with the forecast and give it some more context. And I really appreciate you giving our listeners a little more of that, though, so they knew have an understanding of what's going on and what they should be looking out for next year. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, George. I'm much appreciated or this year for, for those that will already be listening to the program by that time we'll have already passed the new year and the hemp bill uh, as yet to be signed which we are learning this week should be signed into law so we'll have that uh, enforced and in place for all of us coming up right now in the new year so as you listen to this hope you are, uh, have had a great Christmas and the holidays and new year and we'll continue with more bump business here coming up in 2019 and in the meantime you know all of you that are outside the cannabis industry you're looking to find to get your way in the cannabis industry you want to get your foot in the door we'll tell you how entrepreneurs you want to get yourself into the marijuana business well then by all means go ahead and heed my warning go to strainwise consulting and check them out at www.strainwiseconsulting.com learn more about it and please make sure to tell them that you heard about strainwise consulting right here on blunt business very important and of course Thank you all for joining us here on Blunt Business. You can download past episodes or this episode by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this cannabisradio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of cannabisradio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of cannabisradio.com is prohibited.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding